Hi, you guys. This is Liz Ryan, and this is the Truth About Work podcast, episode 39. Wow. In episode 38, I talked about canceling a job interview because the hiring manager says, I don't want to see any more people. I already met the person I want to hire. And we got flooded with mail on that topic. We heard from so many of you guys, so thank you for writing. And you can write to us at support at humanworkplace.com, but we got creamed, deluged. A lot of folks have had that happen. They've had an interview, a job interview canceled, an hour, 10 minutes, whatever, shortly before the interview was supposed to take place with the explanation from HR or the, the hiring manager's admin assistant, whatever, says, oh, yeah, no, we made an offer to another candidate. Now, this is after you have an interview schedule. So I'm, you know, looking for the smelling salts. I'm an HR person, you know, 35 years, and it's not, no, nope, nah, that's not how we do it. A couple people also wrote to us to say, well, I'd rather they cancel if they already know they hire, you know, who they want to hire. And this is, you know, my advice to the HR person who wrote asking how do I, I, I guess they were on vacation and they came back and the manager had just asked their admin to, you know, cancel a bunch of interviews because I like the first one. Then, great. So then you get one candidate at a time for every future. I'm not going to set up interviews. Obviously, that's our employer brand at stake. My time and the candidate's time, above all. Horrible. Absolutely low rent gross, you know, were you raised in a barn type of thing. Come on, no, we don't t- treat people like that. We and used up their time. They probably had a phone screen already. They might have taken a test. No, that's so horrendous. See, the thing is, it's not transactions. The HR person that needs to address this issue with the, with the department manager who, you know, reviewed resumes, went through the process, whatever, had X number of interviews set up on their behalf, and then just on their own said, yeah, no, I want to hire this one. No sense talking to anybody else. That's not evil if it were granularized, but it's a slate. You're interviewing a bunch of people who feel like they've invested some time in this process. And maybe since you invited them, right, borderline summoned them (laughs) to this next step in the hiring process, you owe that to them. But it's not just that you owe it to yourself. It's, it's a process. It's that openness versus closedness. That's fear, right? I have to shut this thing down. I know I, I know I designed a bridge that was going to cross the Hudson River, you know, but this one's only going to be two feet long. We're just done. We're just done. That no, I mean, be open, stay in the openness, stay in the not knowing. Now you might be thinking, Oh, what about that first candidate who's about to get the job? I'm nothing but empathetic to that person. That theoretical person, although they obviously exist in real life. But, you know, it's really, if you think about it, if you accept a job from somebody and you don't feel if you you should find out later, which they probably would. Oh, yeah, they they had six interviews set up, but they interviewed you and they just said, "Ah, we'll just hire this person. You might not feel amazing about it. You might feel like, okay, like, I guess I'm amazing and awesome. Or maybe this manager just doesn't focus on stuff, can't doesn't care that much about this decision or, you know, just like, yeah, you'll do. It's not necessarily 100% flattery. Know what I'm saying? I have more to do with them. And certainly from the HR person's perspective, it has everything to do with how that 
hiring managers oriented and how they value the HR person's time, the candidate's time, the company's brand, the whole thing, the wholeness. You know, I, I never was interested in quality as a topic. It just sounded like the most corporate thing to me. Let's talk about quality. Oh, I, I, oh, I can't. And then I was invited to a workshop on quality. A vent, the vendor sponsored a workshop in our facility and there were all these speakers that came and there was a fellow who came and talked about a particular, you know, a, a philosophy mode, whatever, uh, in quality to Gucci method. And, and I had heard a little bit about it, but I learned more uh, that day and then afterwards. And the speaker said, quality is correctness, intention and correctness in in the world in in space you know he said in other words doing things right doing things thoughtfully intentionally is is a good in and of itself apart from the cost of scrap right or the cost of low quality which is kind of where our orientation a lot of times in the west has been like oh that's expensive and i'm all about you know bad people processes are also expensive and they're really bad for corporations and they're bad for startups and institutions and shareholders but they're really bad for people and communities and so this speaker said you know it's a social good to do things correctly and if you think about that it's a step away from ritual or ceremony or let's just we always say right take the time to do everything you want to do right the first time if it's making eggs for breakfast or you know, designing a process, really think it through slowness, which of course is also not our mantra all the time in the West where time, nanoseconds, you know, value, get it done, get it done, get it done. So the idea of carrying out this interview process, it's a, it's good. You have to be, you know, on it. You have, it has to be brisk. You can't have the first candidate waiting an age to hear back from you, but let's carry it out. It's a ritual, it's a form, right? It has a form, just like swimming 100 yards or whatever. I don't know, I don't know lengths in a pool, whatever length they swim. You have a way that you do it. You, under, you know what, how long you want your strokes to be and when you wanna take breaths and, and there is intention behind it. And that's what I'm saying about this hiring process. So these folks that wrote that said, yeah, my interview was canceled with 25 minutes to go. I was literally on the bus on my way there and they just said, just as calm as a cucumber. Yeah, we, we hired an earlier candidate. Oh, so it's just, with you guys, it's just all about get in the door fast, okay? Like, which I have no control over, but you invited me to an interview. It's beyond tacky. You know, uh, uh, what's the site where you rate employers? Uh, Glassdoor should have like double, you know, thumbs downs. That's what they should do. They should have icons all over that site. You know, you can plaster some company with this type of stuff. But you, you I'm not trying to bash employers, but this is the lowest of the low. I invited you here, or I invited you to get on a Zoom call. And I decided, oh, why should I go all the way to meeting you, although I invited you? Think about it. It's beyond. And so the idea that, well, I'd rather them cancel me than have me come if it's half-hearted. I couldn't agree with you more. Who wants to have their time literally wasted in an interview when there's no job? And, and people have been there. I've written stories about that. You know, 10 signs, you're wasting your time because they already decided who they want to hire. That's a real thing too. That's very real. What I'm saying, what I'm talking about in terms of advice to an HR person who now has to counsel, try to align with and collaborate with a hiring manager who has transactionalized this thing. Ah, why do three more? We did one. It meets the spec. We're good, right? Is it human 
interactions are different. They carry different weight. That's the whole point of our company and movement, human workplace, of my work, this podcast, etc. And also, reason I'm a zealot for this is it works as a bit. I mean, it's highly, highly, highly effective, ridiculously powerful and effective as a business mode or intervention, if you will. And this Taguchi speaker was Taguchi Institute, I guess, was just completely said that, said, you know, if you have to measure the particles to see whether this is a good thing to do or not, to, to, to use qualities of quality principles in your work or in your dealings with human beings, then in a sense, it's already a lost cause. Like you should just do that. But we have a yardstick metric, linear, data-driven, sort of traditionally left brain addiction in the business world. That's one of the biggest problems. Oh yeah, well, I talked to one guy, I'm the guy who did the job. Yes, and if that's your, your go-to-market uh, attitude, first person that I think can, you know, we all know fast food places and other places where if you walk in the door and you can fog a mirror, as they say, you're in, and that's fine. But they're not <laughs> abusing, mistreating, another group of people that just was unlucky enough to not come in first. It's just beyond tacky. I can't even keep talking about it, to be honest with you. But I thought it was interesting that so many folks have been through that and, and kind of what was uniform across those messages was that they didn't apologize. They just said, nah, barn door shut. You know what, you can shut the barn door, but you have to shut the barn door before you invite people to interview with you, okay? Do I have to teach basic manners Evidently, yes. That's that topic. So, um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have a letter to read you about working from home. Such a common thing these days. Pandemic and all the big tech companies have said, you know, they're not going back anytime soon or potentially ever. They're just going to have everybody work from home. So... I'm all about it. However, I know there's a lot of people um, don't like working from home. And obviously tons of people who can't. The job doesn't allow it. Uh, and, and a lot of folks who say they'd like to go back and forth. They'd like to have the freedom. Maybe we'll see some of those hybrid models. But we have to do a lot of work to figure out how folks who don't have the ability to work from home, you know, how they can get some of the same, at least level of accommodation for their personal lives and home lives because let's be honest if you work from home you get a lot of accommodation a lot of folks are saying they're paying more in utilities utilities are killing them but and but you know they they can put a load of laundry in they can make dinner you know there's a lot you can do when you're at home take care of a dog save money on on various services pet sitting and you know maybe even child care for an older child who's going to be in the other room doing whatever doing their homework or something like that but here's the message. Hi, Liz. I don't really like working from home, but I understand why it is necessary right now. In my apartment building, I'm the only resident of my floor who works from home. One of my neighbors already asked me to receive packages for her since I'm here anyway. I agreed. I shouldn't have done it. She gets a lot of packages. Every time she gets a package, I have to run down to the lobby to get it. Another neighbor asked me if I could check in on her dog once or twice during the day. What should I do about these requests? Yeah, I mean, it's a hard one because it's a pandemic and you want to be helpful. And yet you're working from home because you have a job and you have to do your job. Plus you have your own kind of personal life there, right there at home with you and 
there's always a chore or an errand that you have your eye on and say, oh, I want to clean up that spice cabinet. I got I to gotta clean up the closet. I have to do this or that for my own, you know, well-being. So then these extra things, you want to be helpful, but you don't want to be taken for granted. Have your time taken for granted. So I would never agree to a relationship with, with this stuff. I would agree to, to do it for, for, you know, I'll do it this week. I'll do it, you know, when I can't, I'll let you know how, how it goes. The, the, the package lady, it's a lady, yeah, her, pronoun her, it's easy. You say, wow, you know, um, I, um, I can't keep, I can't keep going down to the lobby multiple times a day. Um, I know there's a service over here, or I'm heard, I've heard that there's services that'll pick, take your packages. I'm sure the building will take the package. Everybody goes to work and gets packages at their building. I'm sure they have a package service of some type. They could not possibly expect every resident to be home all day, every day, to get their packages. So I don't know if your neighbor just doesn't want to use whatever they have in the building, or, you know, if there isn't anything, there's no there's no services in the building, then long-term, they're going to need a different solution anyway. They just can't have stuff showing up, you know, from online purchases. And, you know, what would they do? What would she do if you were not there, in other words? But, but you know, it's very personal, and it's very situational. I would go down the hall and check on the doggy. You know I would be there, but probably the excess. But, you know, I understand your very reasonable trepidation to just be the all-purpose you know unpaid concierge it's you can't do that we're in a time when a lot of people are feeling like they need to set more boundaries not to be unneighborly at all but just to say ah, my mental health my physical emotional health is everything i have to get through this stuff like everybody else and i have to be judicious about what things make sense for me to do. Remember we said a minute ago, quality and Taguchi and form and ritual. It really is that. Going down to the lobby is still part of that. This is my day. This is my part of my ritual. I feel like it could, at any moment I get the phone call, come down and get one of Caroline's packages. Why? It's not, I don't want to be pulled. I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to really have a flow and get the stuff done and be calm when I finish my work day. I have to find my voice with Caroline to say, I love you and we can't keep doing this thing. I, you know, I would love for you to find another place to ship your packages where you can get them securely. I, I could go out myself. I could go out, take a walk, take a run. I can't be, I can't be the last line of defense. You know, if there's a particular, some unusual thing, you're getting a mattress and it won't, you know, the, the, the package place will not accept it, then I'd love to work with you on that. But just as a daily thing, nah, it's not a reasonable expectation. And I, that's the question to keep asking yourself. Is this reasonable? Is this, is this the best way for me to spend this day, this hour? All right. Oh, okay. Hi, Liz. I'm job hunting, but I'm expecting a significant bonus from my current job right after the first of the year. Will I have to be working here to get it? Probably that's normally the policy. Uh, of course, they're going to establish that policy, right? And I probably had that kind of thing too when I was an HR person. Like you got to be working here when we pay out the bonus. Although it really depends if it's a if it's a compensation plan based on earnings per share or something just out there, you know, uh, um, completely objective based on data. Then 
and and also that person who's going to have that kind of a compensation plan is undoubtedly going to have a contract that says look if you leave here for any reason other than you know unbelievable cause you're going to get paid everything we owe you including any bonuses however many 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 other folks don't have that kind of thing and yeah they have to be in the company when the bonus is paid in order to get the bonus so you have to read whatever your employee handbook whatever what the bonus plan you know document whatever get that squared away however since you're job hunting you've already earned the bonus substantially right it's already november so you know this would be a negotiation item with a prospective new employer that says hey you know i'm interested to come over here it seems like a great thing and i'm expecting this bonus of x size which i won't get because i'll be gone if i come to work here i won't be here january 8th or whatever so could you make me whole around that you know it's a negotiation thing we're all finding our voice and practicing these scripts that's why i i i write and sometimes record scripts on this stuff because the more you have the words in mind already like a script you know if you ever performed shakespeare and language arts in middle school or any of that stuff you know you learn lines it makes it easier and i found that out as a customer service person of course before that as as a waiter waiting tables scripts baby scripts are the key because they just then it just trips off the tongue that's why i want you to visualize and practice for any interview converse converse yeah converse with yourself converse with your cat hedgehog whatever you know ask and answer questions get used especially anything that feels like it might trip on the tongue what's your you know what what what's your salary target well i'm shooting for jobs in the 67 to 70 range whatever the number is get used to saying it's a whole nother conversation i know we would love for them to share the salary range and we'll talk about that ad nauseum another time but i'm saying stickier trickier potentially uh more challenging topics for you to choke out the words practice you know use the script and use the script with the neighbor down the hall practice the script caroline uh i'm sorry i can't keep receiving packages you know let's talk about you know i, I would i'm happy to support you i love to help you and this time is really hard for all of us but i can't do it it's too many disruptions in my day i just can't do it i'm, I'm losing focus and i'm not able to get my work done so I'm glad i was able to help for a few weeks you know but we have to do something else all right. I'm gonna do a little um, uh, unbrainwashing thing, a little topic, like we do. This one's resume gaps because it's still a big, big deal. A lot of people getting spurned, declined, rejected when they apply for jobs because they have resume gaps, and this is pure fear. It's it's if you think about it, you pull back the truck, as we say, get a little perspective, just a hundred yards back down the alley and you say wait a minute if this was a consultant coming in talking to us about a database integration project we would never think to ask them we would never presume to ask the consultant well wait a second now when was your last consulting project on this okay and and that was what ended in march what have you been doing since then we would think that was insanely impolite because it is what have they been doing since their last project they have an expertise in database integration and you can use them or not but 
what? It, maybe they were in the Bahamas, you know, maybe they were whatever. Maybe they didn't feel like working. Maybe they were working. Maybe they were doing something completely different, but we all sort of agree that it has nothing to do with us and it's none of our business to ask. Same thing with the employee. It's stuck in our minds, this futile F-E-U-D-A-L idea that you're accountable. What have you been doing in this time? Living my life. It's a pandemic. What is wrong with you? Why are what I... Why, um, why would I, you know, it's weird. It's quite weird. Culty, be a very large cult, but it could easily be a loose, large cult of people who this fear-based management, I have a right to know. Do you though? Kind of weird, you know? Oh, well, I, uh, you feel like you have to justify how you spent your time. I have the skills that you need. Do you need them? Maybe you don't need them. Maybe you're good, but you call me here. Right, and it's that inability to recognize really the, the 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 silliness, the foolishness of this presumed to be unequal power relationship. If it was you know, if you didn't have pain, I don't know why you would bring people into interview. Can we just be honest about that? So the the resume gap thing is pure organizational fear. There's no validity to asking somebody. It could even uncover, you know, a protected class of some type, you know, family situation or health or whatever. No, it's just, just stop. It doesn't, it doesn't make your recruiting process stronger. It doesn't give you more talented or more jazzed up employees. It's, we want to create a veil and it's going to be pretty thick and strong. People have their own personal life and it's not appropriate. A lot of stuff, it's not appropriate to ask and asking for justification on a resume gap is definitely one of those things. It just should fall out of the process. You know, but yeah, I'll just tell you a little bit to finish up the podcast about the story, my story, how we got here, human workplace and the whole thing. And I think I left off when I was waiting tables in New York. And while I was still in New York, I also got an office job. I forget why I burned out on waiting tables. There's a whole story. I got fired on my birth, my 18th birthday. It was New Year's Eve. My birthday's New Year's Eve. I was... Scheduled to get off at 10, and I had confirmed it with the manager a thousand times. And my friend Didi, we're both leaving at 10. It's New Year's Eve. We have tickets to this club, Ipanema, like you're south of Times Square. We have to go. Fine, fine, fine. It's 10. There's some roving, traveling supervisor walking around, and the place is packed. The restaurant, Brew and Burger restaurant, drinks, beers, and these all these different themed burgers. So it was packed. And we said, yeah, we have like our disco clothes and our lockers downstairs. We have to go, nope, nobody's going anywhere. If you walk out of here, you're fired. We were like, okay, should we do it? All right, we'll do it. And we left. And that's the first time I got, might have been the second time I got fired. But it's the only time I got fired on my birthday. However, we did go to the Times Square, watch the ball drop, go to the club. It caught fire and the club burned down with our coats. Yeah. And we took a cab home the next morning. It was all the ice on the sidewalk from the fireman's hoses. It was really crazy. And it was one degree out, you know, so it was like, okay, um, let's do it. I guess it was my 19th, I was turning 19, yeah, because I had to get into the club. I, I was turning 19. And, um, but a couple days later, we said, wait, 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 wait. Who is this roving supervisor? They have these roving supervisors. We had seen this woman a couple of times before she decided to get all badass 
and start firing people. But she was not, like, there wasn't any recognizable chain of command. It was a loose confederation of these Bruinberger restaurants all over. And we were like, let's just go to another Bruinberger. They'll hire us in one second. And they totally did. They totally did. But um, for some reason, I stopped waiting tables and got an office job. And that was my first, like, full-time office job, which really warrants its own story because it was intense. But I'll tell you how I got the job was I was temping at another office job brokerage firm right across from St. Patrick's Cathedral on Fifth Avenue around 50th Street. And I said, I got to get um, I got to get a little more money. I like temping. You guys are amazing. But I got to get a, like a full time job, at least just take cover, you know, kind of like the corporate world while I figure out my next move. And they said, oh, you know, we know some girls who are going to quit. I used to say girls back then for office women, just so I mention that. Um, that was what they said. This is dialogue. <laughs> this is script from the past. We know these, these girls, women, that are going to quit this Friday. So, Liz, go down there, get your application in. They'll ignore it. They'll ignore you. It'll go in the wastebasket. And then Friday they'll be pulling it out of the wastebasket and wiping the tuna fish off. And that's exactly what happened. These two uh, people gave notice, and um, they called me that Friday afternoon. I mean, it was a horrendous job. I'll tell you about it next time.